It's a happy 20th birthday episode to Two Minutes for Chatting this week. And who'd have thought we'd have got to 20 wholesome, enjoying, enter- enjoyable, entertaining episodes? Who'd have thought? Although when you say 20th birthday, I think that... That implies we've been going for 20 years. Aye. Yeah, can I give them the wrong impression from the off there? Yeah, that was a poor start. That <laughs> was full of them recently, so... Yeah. We can... Uh, not, not to worry. We can pretend that we've been going for 20 years. Maybe we will. Feels by like that, by that time, it will be like 10 trillionth episode, but we'll see. With uh, over 8 billion listens a week. Yeah, well, maybe. One day. Literally everyone on the planet. So we've got um, some league signings, hockey league signings to cover. Um, of course, the the business end of the World Cup took place. And uh, thankfully, England didn't win it. Let's just put that spoiler in there. <laughs> Definitely. Thank God for that. <clears throat> and then we've got a a wee special discussion at the end with a an extra, hopefully entertaining topic that we'll reveal nearer the time. Yep, definitely. So um, let's drive, drive. Let's dive straight in. Let's drive straight in. Drive straight in. Um, yeah, obviously it was quite quiet on the clan front, so there's not not really anything player wise to say. I saw that they were at the the Pride event in Glasgow, which was good to see, but um, I don't think there's much other news, really, in terms of player movement or club stuff. Did I miss anything? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's been fairly quiet over the last week or so. That means they're building up to a belter of a signing. Let's <laughs> hope so. So we've got... Um, Five or six signings that I thought around the league would be worth pointing out and then see what your thoughts are on them and if you had any others of note. The first one really was, kind of reminded me a bit of The Apprentice, the guy's name. Although, I don't know if it's pronounced Gin or Gin. I've heard both. Uh, but Manchester uh, got a new goalie to replace Mike Clemente. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> we'd probably... Would I think it's not pronounced Jean? <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> As was pronounced in the apprentice, but uh, no, sorry, Matt Jin. <laughs> yeah. Matt Jin comes in to replace Clemente from last season, obviously retired, but uh, this guy's been pretty much in the, the ECHL since he um, came out. Of college uh, for the last three seasons, the occasional game in the AHL, but in fact only one game in the AHL, but um, last season only played six games, so I don't know if it was maybe due to injury or something, but um, obviously Finnery's seen something he likes about him, so um, he's managed to get him across here, and uh, who knows what he'll, what he'll bring to Manchester. Yeah, what what they would call probably a good age, uh, I think Rumpel, yeah. the new <coughs> new clan goalie, is uh, 
a sort of similar age, isn't he? Um, yeah, I think so. Certainly, same age, yeah. Yeah, certainly a guy with you have to say good pedigree. Um, getting AHL games, I think, for a goalie is always a good sign. Obviously, I think on the books of Boston was it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, yeah, it's always. I think the Manchester fans will be expecting a lot out of him, um, but it's one of those things when players come to this league, you never really know what you're going to get. Uh, a goalie with good pedigree, Chris Hope, for example, uh, for Clan was, was fairly successful, but you'll still have guys that said they didn't like him, for example. Uh, and stuff like that, but he's got almost a over nine hundred save average. Um, up till a couple of years ago in the East Coast League, and he was point eight nine nine. So he's obviously got something about him, and yeah, I look forward to seeing him. Yeah, definitely. It'll be kind of, I guess it'll be kind of compared to how Rumpel will do for us. Um, so yeah, we just need to wait and see. I think he's he's. Not as tall, I don't think, as... Yeah, that's height, what I was just going to say, yeah. In terms he's of height, because I think six, what, 6'3"? Yeah, he's under 6 feet, so a lot smaller, kind of more Zykowski size, I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, but not that that's any advantages we've seen, so... No, definitely not. Good stats, Um, see how he gets on. Because uh, the other thing, I suppose, is that Clemente was really successful for them, so... So it's yeah. difficult to follow a decent goalie, whereas if you've had a shocker, it's maybe a bit easier for the guy coming in. You had a few additions for Coventry. Um, they've been fairly busy recently. They, they've signed two forwards and a defenceman, the first being Kellen Ainsworth and the other Kevin Morris. Um, not really had much of a chance to look at their stats, but and also a a D-man in... How are we going to pronounce this? Chris, let's go for Joyo. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. But Seems seems logical, yeah. I'd imagine quite a physical defenceman, so sort of thinking about strengthening up in that position. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just looking at this guy, Keller Ainsworth here. Um 53 points last season from 32 games. Um, played, I think, second-tier Hungarian league. Or maybe actually the top league in Hungary. But um, Really good stats, nonetheless. So, um, more, averaging more, more assists. Sorry, more than one assist per game yep. uh, during the season. So... Um, if you can bring that over here, then we'll definitely have uh, something to be reckoned with up front. I reckon, uh, and that guy, Kevin Morris. Such a steady name, Kevin Morris. Yeah, as bland as you like. Um, Seems to be more than not as bland a player, though. Some uh, AHL games, so again, good pedigree. Yeah, yeah, kind of out on loan a couple of times to the HL teams. Um, mainly played East Coast again, coming out of university. Um, 
this guy's like he's, he's six foot four and perhaps the kind of power forward that maybe we were sort of looking at a summer kind of player because he's he's young as well he's twenty five yeah uh, so I think we're kind of seeing a lot more of that uh, particularly this off season uh, teams kind of going for a fair bit younger players I would say yeah younger players that maybe can play a wee bit more rather than um, enforcer types this guy not uh, huge point returns but fairly steady um, and somebody of that size playing in your forward line is always going to be an advantage um, so I think this guy's this guy's going to be a good signing getting that feeling aye we'll, we'll wait and see won't we but uh, definitely get all the all the attributes there um, big Chris Joyot six CJ. feet yeah CJ productive I guess you could say fairly productive for a defenseman um, seasons in the East Coast League the last couple with Tulsa uh, last year he was an assistant captain so mm. maybe this guy's a sort of steady steady player a um, few games in the AHL as well so yeah um, that's three three players who I think on paper are, are going to be going to be a success but you you never know that. quite a lot of change at Coventry so see how they all fit together interestingly um, both I'm just looking at both of his brothers there they are quite small I think one of them's 5'7 the other one's 5'9 not that that means anything so he's got the he's got the height genes then he's got the height advantage yeah I think they're all defensemen as well a defensive family <laughs> yeah yeah they are well, they're all defensemen they never really went out much they're all kind of stay at home guys <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Couple of signings for Guildford. One just confirmed today, I think. Um, the other was Evan Ritt from Gap in France, a forward. Uh, and somebody unfortunately named Baldwin, a defenseman. But I'm sure he's a step up from the namesake that we've seen at Brayhead. Yeah, well, let's hope not, but... Um Corbin, is that it? Col- Corbin? Yeah, Baldwin. Big Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Again, a, a few seasons now in East Coast League, and I think over those years, he's kinda, his penalty minutes have been going up and his point production's kind of been going down. So, I uh, don't know, that's maybe a bit harsh, but, you know, he is a six foot five guy, so um, I think he'll be the kind of stay-at-home guy slash no-nonsense type defenseman uh, that the Guildford have brought in and probably look to uh, use him in that way, I would have thought. Yeah, I'm getting sort of Nathan McKeever vibes off of him. Yeah, possibly. Bit, bit bigger. Um, yep. But McKeever had that sort of level of penalty minutes. I don't really think he, he, he took as many for us when he was over here, but Probably similar points, similar penalty minutes, so um yeah, he could be that, that solid guy. So they didn't didn't really have that as much last year, Guildford. They were more offensively minded, I think, so 
if they can yeah. bring in somebody solid like that, you know what they've got going forward. So they'll be dangerous again for sure. Uh, yeah. And and then Evan Ritt, just a, a young guy, he seems yeah. like this, the sort of guy Pasha would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, college and then a year in France. So even didn't really didn't play much at college. No. And probably um, one full. Yeah, one full year. It would look like yeah. So maybe he's, he's obviously come over to France and yeah, uh, gonna try to find his feet in Europe and think Guildford are gonna give him a a chance here. Yeah, I can't see him being a sort of top. A top line kind of guy, or no, possibly third line, uh, center. Yeah, no, they've got a lot of talent there, so yeah, see see where he fits in. But it could be one of those those diamonds in the rough. Yeah, again, young again, so twenty five. A lot of young guys been signed. Yeah, I quite like that in general. I think yeah, clans sure. clans average age has certainly gone down. Yeah, definitely. So, I, I think it makes sense as well because you see a lot of these kind of older guys and you know, guys that we've had in previous years. I mean, you only need to look at like Jeff Omar and even to an extent Rick Jackman. Like, consider him. He was a guy that won the Stanley Cup and he's come over here and hasn't, you know, he's he's obviously the twilight he's, of his career. And, <laughs> <what he's> career. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but they don't. I mean, it's difficult to keep performing uh, at, a, at a high level, and especially at that age as well, when you've been playing at such a high level for a number of years. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, just looking there at Clan, we, our average age is just over 27. So, right. um, yeah, a good bit younger with guys like Howlett and Muzzle and Bierum, etc. So, Fitzy at 33 and Connolly at 32. Becca as well is also 32. But, um, yeah, got a lot of guys in their mid to late 20s, so exciting. Yeah, definitely. Sheffield in the market, picking up Jordan Owens. And uh, I think this guy looks, looks a player. Obviously... Sheffield, are, I've got that that bigger budget, so can bring in guys like that. But this, he from all all accounts is somebody who maybe started his career, not his career, um, with more of a sort of agitator kind of role, getting in guys' faces. But then, um, you can see that in some of the leagues he's played, they can uh, put up good points as well. So. DEL's a good standard then likes of 60 points in, in Italy and stuff so I think he'll be a a good player probably again not in their first line but I'd have thought top 6 when you've played that many AHL games eh, and a couple of DEL seasons maybe a sort of I don't know Levi Nelson type replacement just yeah, to put that out there Nelson was quite a niggly player but had a lot of ability so maybe that sort of replacement yeah possibly um, again yeah he's played sort of six or seven years 
AHL. Uh, played in Denmark and Italy and, and then recently in, in Germany. So uh, the guy's been about and he's you know he's performed pretty much everywhere he's been. So uh, I've got no doubts that he'll be he'll do a job for for Sheffield as well. Yep. Couple of returnees actually next for Fife. I'm going to count Danik Goti in that, but they also brought back goalie Shane Owen from two years ago. Yeah. Um, who was was a fan's favourite and was a quality keeper, so um, they'll definitely be pleased with both of those. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it would have been 26 when Fife signed them uh, the first time Shane Owen. Uh, Good, good quality beard actually, I have to say. Yeah, very Just good. Yeah. He's pitching there. Um, and obviously, I think he left Fife and went to the Alsvenskan. Um, did pretty, pretty well there. Um, yeah, he did. Sort of 13 games, but averaging over 0.9 save percentage. And I think that's, you know, it just kind of shows the the calibre of uh, goalie that he is if he's managing to do that there yeah and yeah. Then again obviously uh, a couple of games or games here and there in the East Coast League and, uh, and in Poland as well and even in Poland it's like save percentage was 0.935 so that's I mean you're pretty much just not conceding anything then yeah that's superb and um, when he was here Point nine oh eight. So, yeah, Fife have got that habit of finding good goalies. Um, it was always the sort of guy that struck me as having a bit of a temper on him. Uh, being quite easily wound up, but who cares? Yeah, that was the season we were beating them. Yes, it, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So maybe that was part of the part of the reason, but. Wait and see. Yeah, still only signed a few players, Fife, but I think for sure, looking obviously at our team, it's going to be much more competitive matchups between us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Which is. Could have been any worse last season, but no, I think Fife have managed to kind of keep hold of a few key guys um, from last season, and they'll be happy about that. And um, obviously, some of the guys that have went, it's a bit disappointing that they're. Uh, not coming back or they've retired, um, but no, they've definitely they've kept some some good players um, from last season. Probably like to build on that. Yeah, Goatee himself, fifty-one points in fifty-three games. So yeah, yeah, sort of power forward mold. Um, yeah, so that's that's two good pickups for them. You had a couple of departures uh, to cover one. Alex Barron leaving Coventry, going to Freiburg. I think he only came in mid midway through the season for Coventry, so not too much to say there. Um, but the one I was I was going to mainly focus on was Doucette, who everyone in the league knows really well, and that is is going to be a big miss for Milton. Him moving on. Yeah, definitely. Um. <clears throat> Moves to Milano as well as um, Ferro Paul as well. I think we briefly discussed last week. So yeah, yeah. Uh, two Milton forwards away to to Milan. So um, that'll de- that'll be a bit devastating for 
for, for Milton. Uh, looking to try and replace those two guys is not easy. No, that the first first year he came here played for Hull. Got forty three goals in fifty two games. Uh, <laughs> absolutely deadly. Yeah. And again, one of these guys I always remember scoring against us. Um, definitely knew where the net was. So, I'm pretty sure what I, I remember him. One game at Brayhead, it was there was a Teddy toss against Cardiff. I think maybe his first year at Cardiff. Um, no goals in regulation time, and he scored in in overtime to win it. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember that game. He knew he knew where the goal was, so I think he'll do well in uh, in Milan. Cool place to go, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a good league as well. The Alps. Yep. Um, so now best of luck to to the both of them, but they'll be missed in this league, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, another departure was uh, Jonas Westerling, moving on from Sheffield. I think we knew that Sheffield were only really bringing back. Matheson from last year, but uh, Westland going to <sighs> your <laughs> your testing me there. No, I, I, there's not even point. There's not even any point. I don't think. We just say that he's away. Uh, we just say that he's um, away to Hungary. Janows, Farrows, nah, Farrowsy, ah, nah, fuck. <laughs> And obviously having played his whole career, not his career, in Sweden before coming to Sheffield. Uh, I'm not really sure what the consensus was at Sheffield uh, about him. I know, yeah. he had, I know he had quite ugly hair, but <laughs> did a, a half-decent job, 27 points. Yeah, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like he was, I actually quite liked him. Uh, seen him play. I think he was more of a sort of skill guy as opposed to uh, kind of racking up points and stuff. Um, I think we kind of we kind of both appreciate guys like that, like Neil Trim in the past and Alex Levin, guys like that. Um, and obviously they could rack up the points as well. But this guy was um, pretty pretty good with the puck. I have to say. Yeah, I suppose. Growing up in Sweden, you tend to tend to get that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sheffield just just going in another direction. So he was another one that I guess didn't make the cut or or wanted to move on. So. Yeah. Um, a couple left then just to cover. We talked uh, just before we went on air about uh, Manchester re-signing Chris. I think I don't know if it's OJ. But maybe that's just the French <laughs> French Canadian coming out in me. OJ Simpson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what it gets called. Simpson. <laughs> that would be that would be a great nickname. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did did quite well in Fife a couple of years ago and then Manchester signed him last year, I think. Had a bad bad injury, so only played twenty three games um, for nine points, but has has scored points in other places in the past, so Finnerty yeah. again obviously seen something in him to bring back. Need to need to make up the points of Pitt and Becca somehow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
I think it was. Uh, I think the Storm fans are overall pretty happy with him coming back. So they obviously have seen something in him. Uh, it's just whether they can actually produce it if he gets a a full season under his belt. That's the kind of the main question. Yeah. But obviously, he has he has done that previously in his career, but um, obviously this a. Uh, a fresh start and if he stays injury free how, how well is he going to do I think that's the, the main yeah. question yeah you never never really want guys to be injured for a full season no. um, so as long as he doesn't score against us that's that's all good we've got Manchester again making a, another signing this time it was a young guy Adam Barnes I think who's signed on a, a two way deal with Blackburn in the NIHL but played Last year, New England Wolves in America. Um, maybe a sort of development type contract or idea thought about there. Get him some experience here. Yeah, I think so. I think that seems to be the, the thought behind it. I, don't, I can't see him playing much for, for Manchester this season, but obviously one that he's brought in, maybe likes of him, what he's seen him, so... Uh, perhaps a season playing in Blackburn and um get a better look at him that way maybe yeah he did the same with Buesa when Finnerty was here I suppose mm, yeah uh, in the two way deal so maybe over the years he'll look to get a bit more experience and then become a regular and the last one was Nottingham and they've pulled out a big sign. Another big one to add to the list, as they always really do. Uh, a round one draft pick, 2011. Yep. Six feet two centre, Tyler Biggs. Um, I mean, a number one draft pick, you know the guy's going to be good. It's just, <laughs> just how, he is, how he is here. I mean, East Coast the last couple of years, played American League. Decent point totals last two years maybe a and still only 25 so yeah no that's I mean he, he obviously has quite a lot of talent if uh, Toronto are going to pick him in the first round of the draft do you know what I mean so no I mean I don't know it's difficult to say I, again obviously not seen any of these guys but um, he is still young 25 and I guess he's kind of I would say maybe similar to Doty in a way, in terms of age and also sort of big physical guy, but um, I think this guy can maybe put up some more points and he's probably a better skater as well. <laughs> yeah. You don't like the, the big JD skating, do you? Nah, nah. I mean... Jeff Smith-esque? Not that bad. I don't think anyone's that bad, but uh, guys at George Square at Christmas that can skate better. <laughs> yeah, I, no, definitely. I mean, that's it. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I'll just probably save that for the Jacob Doty skating podcast, but um, that's coming up quite, soon. Yeah, quite a bit to say there. Yeah, just um. I guess Nottingham fans have big expectations from this guy, as any team with a first round draft pick, we would, so 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. See how it how it lives up, how it pans out. Yeah, definitely. Um unless you've got anything else you want to cover on that, I think we can move on to the, the semis in the football. We're in the semis. Yeah, well I think well, the only other thing is uh, Mark Louis signing an extension at Cardiff. Oh well. yeah, yeah. That's the only the only other one. Yeah. So again, last season, thirty games, two assists. Uh, so obviously not great in terms of point production, but he's not that kind of player. No, um, he's really solid. I think he did get quite a bad injury. Maybe he did see the one that got. Uh, I think he got a puck to the face last year. And that probably wasn't the big injury, but he's uh, another important piece to that Cardiff team. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, he's one of the main reasons that the defence is normally always so good. So uh, I'd imagine they'd be delighted to have him sign another extension. Yeah, for sure. Good one for them. Yeah. So let's move on to the semis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a a France Belgium tie in the first first match, first semi final on Tuesday. And finished one 0 France thanks to Umtiti header, sort of ten or so minutes into the second half, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Belgium themselves had their chances, but just weren't really able to take them. Couple of decent saves from Loris as well has to be said. Yeah, definitely. Um, I felt like overall, I felt France won. Pretty much in control. Um, obviously, it's, it's difficult to say that given how dangerous uh, Belgium were going forward, and um, obviously, I think they were top goal scorers in the tournament. I don't know if that's actually the case after the final or not, but, um, but I suppose they put three past them. Wait. <laughs> No, I wasn't. A, I wasn't a setup for a joke there, but it was just. No, so the, I mean, we're definitely up there anyway in terms of uh, top goal scorers in the tournament. So I think France did well defensively. Uh, overall, managed to see out the game. Um, I think that's pretty much what their what their play was was like over the course of the tournament. I would say. Yeah, obviously, well, but other than the Argentina game, you would obviously. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to the final soon, but uh, they've they've been the only ones, really, that were able to nullify Belgium in that way, so effective, effective, you could say, um, and just sneaking, sneaking that goal, albeit they had, they had other chances, there was one right at the end to sort of kill the game off and stuff, but uh, I think... Belgium themselves did they feel that this was their big chance obviously two years the Euros mm. uh, they'll probably that, that same group of players will still be together they're not that old but I think maybe this World Cup and depending on age next World Cup will be them sort of in their prime kind of just moving out of that so I think they had ambitions to win it for sure yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, they will be disappointed not to 
not to go through against France. Um, but again, it's just like we've said, I think for me there wasn't really a, a standout team of the tournament, almost. It was just that France were the most consistent, probably, throughout the tournament. Um, and obviously that um, got them that place in the final. Obviously, nobody would really complain if that was us. You get there, it doesn't matter how you get there. Um, so, yeah. will it bother them? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Second semi was, was the big one in everyone's eyes, I suppose. Uh, and it was Croatia against England. Great start for England. But then, as the game progressed, I think they, they struggled and Croatia showed that it probably just had a wee bit more quality when it mattered. Yeah. Um, I think first half, I think England were probably on top for most of that most of that half felt fairly comfortable. Uh I think Croatia managed to string two passes together. Uh well that's what it appeared to be anyway. And then the second half was a totally different Croatia team that looked uh actually managing to pass the ball to each other and looked pretty decent and England were probably the opposite of the first half. Um I think they appeared more like Croatia in the second half. Um, just in terms of getting getting the ball forward and not really creating too many chances, albeit uh, obviously that, that Harry Kane one. Yeah, um, it was it was amazing how much of a game of two halves it almost was. I, I don't really know what my explanation would be for Croatia starting so slowly, but England were were quite good in the opening and we just really felt Modric and Rakitic etc didn't didn't really dictate in the way you thought they would and in the way they did the second half I think just as it went on again Croatia having played almost a full game extra in terms of uh, that would be their third period of extra time wouldn't it I think so yeah. I guess you could you could classify that as a as a full game extra and they didn't really look tired either, even in the final, so um but they they just keep the ball really well, Croatia. Yeah, yeah. I think it was definitely more like the Croatia from previous games in that second half. And we definitely saw that. They created so much, so many more opportunities and eventually got the equalizer through Perisic and uh then I think shortly after that, I think Perisic now have a, another chance. I think you'd sort of pre-celebrated. Yeah, I did, I did pre-celebrate. <laughs> yeah, he hit the post. His left foot. I did think it was going in, to be fair, but I am known to pre-celebrate. <laughs> Do it the hockey too, but yeah, then it then it came out to whoever it was and he put it straight, straight back to Pickford. But just before I forget, you mentioned there that Harry Kane yeah. chance. Um, and we talked about it how it actually was just a great save from Suicic somehow getting back to yeah. stud it onto the post basically that was it was absolutely incredible uh, you kind of seen it at the time it looked as if Kane had just hit the post and it looked like a terrible miss but I think you'd watched it back later on that night and um, actually it was just a terrific save yeah. Yeah, I mean Kane really 
you, he should be a guy like that. He should be putting away the first chance. I think that's not real up for debate. He wasn't really his usual self the last few games, Kane. I don't think. But then the second chance is that's going in. Uh, if Subisic doesn't doesn't make that, so we'd said that was a, a game changing moment at the time. And uh, watching England games is is pretty nervy as it is. So I think if that had gone two 0 even Croatia would have struggled to come back from that. No, definitely. And you know, I think once Croatia got that the equaliser, uh, I think they just kicked on from that, and England kind of tapered away a wee bit. Um, but obviously, it did go to to extra time, and I don't know. That's, that's a strange goal in terms of defending for England. Is I think was it Trippier that was. So I jumped. Yeah. In the air, and then the ball kind of came through and passed stones, and I don't know. It just seems as if they were all kind of looking at it, but yeah. obviously Mandzukic was quickest to react to it. It was it was a good finish because he had a chance similar to that on in his right foot earlier in normal time, I think. Uh, but yeah, as you say, the, the defense just switched off. I think they expected Trippier to win that header. And Mandzukic just goes in between stones and they've got iron Pickford doesn't really have a chance with it so uh, he'd made a, a, another great save in the, was it the first half extra time from Mandzukic uh, sort of point blank save yeah yeah uh, I had ball across the box yeah yeah so nice to see that I think overall really nobody could complain with the end result Um just the extra quality shown and it set up a, a Croatia France final on Saturday. No it didn't. It set up on Sunday. <laughs> set up a third place between yeah. England. Yeah, which happened first. And it was funny, like we watched the the England Croatia game together and having then gone in to watch Belgium against England, there was just it was so different in terms of my level of nerves and not really caring and uh, I hardly <laughs> even reacted when Belgium scored that first goal because yeah. it was just the relief having not having get England out before the final was, was too much yeah it was I mean like, like you say we watched the game together in, in the pub and like, the atmosphere in the pub was just brilliant and everybody was in the same boat almost I think like when England scored, it was fairly quiet for the rest of the, the rest of that half, and then second half there was a bit more buzzing. Uh, obviously, getting that equaliser, and then the, with the winner as well, it was just the atmosphere was great, and it was just a sense of relief, I think, because um, it was fairly nerve wracking watching that semi final. So I couldn't imagine actually watching the final if England managed to get there. Yeah, I know. I think that's completely right. I mean, the the Belgium England game obviously don't really want to talk about it too much because um, it wasn't really it didn't really mean as much. But I think Belgium showed the quality that they've got, and um, for most of that, they were probably should have scored a few more goals. But then England had had their chances, so um, yeah. I mean, definitely, just. Finishing on England, they've improved a lot on what what we've seen in the past. 
um, but they're just not quite at that top level. Um, and Belgium couldn't really do what they did to England when they played France. Um, it just wasn't wasn't as open as that. So, a bit disappointing. But third place is is the best any Belgian team has done in the past, I believe. So. Uh, yes, that's definitely something from to take away. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's disappointing not reaching the final, but um, they were playing the best the best team in the tournament. I would I would say so. Uh, it was always going to be difficult. I think if they were had you know had they been playing England or or Croatia, they'd maybe have got through. Um, they'd maybe have got through then, but um, it's just the way the the draw went. It was unfortunate for them, but. I think England were sort of the other way about, where they ended up, because they beat to build, or they were beaten by Belgium in the group stages, they ended up where it's a, I mean, say easier route in, in a sense that the opposition they were playing, you know, wasn't the same as yeah, yeah. France, Argentina, Brazil, etc. from that first half of the draw. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it is, and I suppose... The only thing you can say about that is that because it's set like that, the draw, you you kind of know and whether or not they did play to finish second in that group, um, there's always going to be something at the back of your mind that, that thinks about it because you know the path. Maybe the only way around it is to introduce like a some sort of random element where uh, the first team in, in the group plays against a sort of randomly drawn second second place team. Yeah, I mean, it would, it would maybe sort of eradicate the sometimes meaningless third game uh, of the group. You know, like, for example, that, the France game against Denmark, uh, or even the, the Japan game where they just sort of settled for a 1-0 defeat. Yeah, because you know who you're playing, basically. Aye. So like, in that case, you... You know, it could be a case of you're playing pretty much anyone. Um, so I guess that would maybe be something for them to look at. But I think obviously the well, the next World Cup, as we know, is going to be in the sort of winter months. I think they confirmed it. That it was going to be from the 21st of November to the 18th of December. Yeah, yeah, the finals a week before Christmas. So <laughs> yeah, that will so be a bit the, different for sure. And then the. 2026 World Cup I think there's going to be 48 teams mm. so I think there's going to be 16 groups of 3 I think they're, they're working out right really top 2 go through and then it's a knockout from there so that's a bit strange as well but yeah um, who knows maybe Scotland will be one of those yeah let's hope um, so you had the, the final yesterday then France eventually beating Croatia 4-2 uh, I thought maybe the best way to sum it up was that the the best team on the day probably didn't win, but the best team in the tournament, I'd say, did. Uh, I I probably disagree with that. I think France. I thought France were probably the better team. Overall, I think their sort of game management was pretty good. Uh, I will say that you know Gre- Griezmann sort of diving for the that first free kick uh, for Manzukic's song goal. Yeah. That was, you know, that was pretty shocking. I think it kind of started a trend for the sort of referee that 
you know, he didn't he didn't have a great game at all. I think that was that was plain for everyone to see. Yeah, did you? I I just didn't really think France were as as good as I was hoping that they they would be. But the what did you think of the penalty? Obviously, personally, <laughs> I think it's as harsh as it gets. Um, and okay. Croatia would have been back in it, but France turned it on, as you say, a bit. Um, so whether it would have decided the game is up for debate, but definitely changed it. Yeah, de- well, it definitely changed the game. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure about it, to be honest. Uh, still haven't really made my mind up. I think, you know, it, it does, Pesic does obviously bring his arm down towards the ball, but I think it's it's just a certain natural movement. As, like, as you're coming down, I think your arms would also come down. Otherwise, it would look a bit strange. But um, for the referee to actually give the penalty, you know, he's, he's got to be 100% sure. And I think that judging by the sort of time that it took for him to constantly sort of review it and watch it back to give the penalty, I don't think it was the right decision. Um I think most people would have agreed with that at the time. The way he sort of left the, the TV, the VAR bit, and then came back was really strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't awesome. I don't know, he kind of came back for about two seconds, so I don't know what what he was doing there. Uh, only he will, really, but... Yeah. I think, I think as well, like, looking at it in slow motion, it looks as if it's maybe deliberate. So I think, I don't know if he's maybe, I don't know, it's, it's a difficult one really to, to kind of say either way and I th- that's why for me, I think it would be difficult to say outright that it is definitely a penalty. Yeah, and given that his first instinct was not to then... Yeah. The, the other interesting thing is that obviously teams now are just going to appeal for all of that because you know there's the, the VAR mm-hmm. there. Uh, and whether the the assistant referees that, that watch that actually were going to watch it back before they see the France appeal, uh, I don't really know how that works. If they just if they're watching everything, uh, if France didn't appeal there, would anything have come of it? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. It's difficult to say. Really, isn't it? You don't really know how it works. I don't know if it's just a case of sort of any dubious decisions that the referees in the booth will review but but yeah it's like you say like if because it did appear that most most of the French forwards did go over to the ref so indicating there was a handball so yeah you don't know if they've looked at it on the back of that or not it's difficult to say yeah um, and then the the French goals after that there were some couple of good ones I thought uh, Mbappe's was a good strike. Yeah. Uh, the keeper was sort of unsighted for Pogba's, I think, if I remember uh, rightly. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I think for me, Subasic was kind of he caught a bit flat-footed for both of those goals. I think if I'm being harsh, I would say that he could maybe have done better for both of them, just in terms of. You know, plant like sort of planting your feet or being on your toes enough that you can 
sort of get over at least to the shots rather than just sort of standing. Albeit, I mean, it's obviously difficult when there's somebody standing in front of you uh, to see the ball. I think Mbappe's was kind of a, a wee bit unsighted as well. Yeah. I think maybe gave him the eyes and sort of placed it in, in the opposite corner, but I don't know, I just... I mean, it's the, it's the World Cup final, do you know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know, I felt like he could have probably have done a wee bit better. Yeah. If I'm being sort of really critical about it. Well, you, you could certainly say that Lloris could have done better for Manzuka's <laughs> goal. That was a bit of a, a weird one. I think he was just, I don't know, not concentrating or something. It just seemed completely strange to me. Uh, yeah. You know, there was absolutely no chance that he was, he was beating him when Manzuka's got that close. So, mm-hmm. uh, He sort of felt almost that there was a bit of a momentum swing there. Um, certainly at 4-1, it just felt like the game was fizzling out but in the end six goals in a final can't really complain I think I'd rather see that than a really tight nil-nil that's won on penalties if I'm honest yeah definitely I think the majority of people would would say they would prefer goals watching it um, obviously it's our last couple of major terms now there's not been any goals inside 90 minutes and so I decided after extra time so uh, I think from from that aspect, no, it was, it was definitely a, a bit more pleasing to see uh, a good number of goals scored within within ninety minutes. Yeah, so France in the end, the what winners. That? that noise it sounded like you were sat chopping up an onion or something. Did it? Aye. I was. That was, was strange. I don't know. I I was not chopping up any onions. Uh, I was I was purely going to summarise uh, the tournament there, saying that France, I guess, would see it maybe as some sort of revenge almost for not revenge, uh, but the the performance that they put in in the, the Euros against Croatia, uh, against Portugal, yeah, in the final, uh, they really really didn't show up there. So I think. Uh, they, they always always fancied this one and in the end probably as you said most consistent and just about deserved it really yeah definitely that would be my, my only thing I, um, I think there was probably games where other teams were better but France overall just uh, were that consistent and sort of knew how to sort of manage the games well uh, throughout the tournament so can't really uh, dispute that they were the, the best team overall yeah and and I guess it's on to the next one really where uh, we'll finally have a chance to support Scotland maybe not <laughs> uh, with the Euros next and then four years time we'll be flying flying out the groups of that World Cup just mark my words right They've been marked. Good. Um, just still on the football stuff, there was a couple of mentions I was going to make for other stories, I guess you could say. First one was Cristiano arriving at Juventus today, I believe. Yeah. Uh, big move from Real Madrid. <coughs> be interesting to see how he gets on in Italy. Yeah. Um, I think it said today as well, earlier on, that uh, other players his age 
på grund af Qatar er en træner, at de skal nå møven til Serie A, og sådan noget der. Der er meget til at step down in terms of quality. Um, albeit, you know, Juventus are, you know, the, the sort of top team in Italy, so. Yeah. Um, I think I would have preferred them maybe see him going to like Lecce or something like that. Just Yeah, of course. But then can they can they provide the financial rewards that he's now no doubt demanding? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean he, he would get the same if he went to China and Qatar, so Yeah. Um, I don't know how he could uh, you know, say to other players that, that are going there for the money that he's sort of going to Serie A because he's still a good player. It's like he's, he's going to still get paid quite a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and by quite a lot of money, I mean obscene amounts of money. Of course, yeah. Um, whether he can keep up his goal-scoring record, I guess, is, is up for debate. But um, he certainly will bring in more popularity I guess you could say to, to Italian football um, personally I don't really see much Italian football I don't really think that will change that much just because of him but it's he's yeah. the kind of guy who the league will be loving uh, making that move and uh, yeah Juventus are a big team so can he possibly win the, the Champions League with three different clubs Need to wait and see. Need to wait and see, yeah. Um, I know we mentioned six goals in that final, but it's not as good as the mighty Everton putting 22 <laughs> past uh, ATV Erdning from Austria the other day in uh, a pre-season friendly. Did, did you ever think that Kevin Morales was ever going to score five goals in a game? Well, I definitely didn't, but also found the the goal that you I think you'd tweeted a, a video of it but the the keeper just moves out of the way at one point. I think he definitely thinks that it's offside. Oh I'm really? Sure he, I'm sure he does. He doesn't just move out of the way, that's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. Sure, I mean you play the whistle you're told that when you're young, so <laughs> No, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe he does but Nah, I'm, sorry, I'm not buying that. I think he's just fed up. No. Okay. Then that gets, makes sense. Gets that, back that, in the mid though after that. Because that wasn't the last goal, was it? No, it wasn't. But 22 but, goals, that's that's just obscene. Uh, the one after it was pretty hilarious as well. The own goal? Uh, that that was good as well. Okay. No, the, the one after it, I think it was... Um, was it Tozan maybe that sort of needed in? Against the post. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what they got out of that game, but uh, I'm not sure if they were seventh tier Austrian team or whatever. But I guess gives your strikers confidence and makes makes the social media headlines. So, uh, well, yeah, fair enough. I I did also see a really funny gif of. Have you seen the one? <laughs> I'm actually laughing, thinking about it. Uh, Trump and the Queen. Have you seen it? But uh, where, where the football? Yeah, Queen's. <laughs> Queen's. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. One of the best I'd seen in a while. 
Yeah, and the Queen's sort of walking behind him and pops, <laughs> pops out one side then another. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> I really liked that. Worth a mention. Better or worse than the Mbappe run with Neymar? <laughs> I, I really liked that one, but I think the Queen one's better personally because <laughs> it's, I was going to say realistic, it's not realistic, but at least it could happen, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm giving my vote to that, but yeah, really, I really liked it. Should we introduce our our new section then? Aye. Uh, Why not? We've got uh, a a special a, a limited edition section, just yeah. like last week. But you had seen uh, some. Well, I guess you can you can introduce it since you. You came up, you devised the creation. Right, okay. I think this this came about because we were looking at the sort of next couple of World Cups and uh, realising how far away they were, so we were trying to work out if there was any other sort of international tournaments in between then, so like between now and the next European Championship, so mm-hmm. we found that the the Asian Games, yeah, which kick off in January. Um, so I've already I'm getting right behind Turkmenistan for that one. Um, and basically just kind of spiraled out of control from there. We started looking at the Turkmenistan team, and then it was sort of what other sports are played in these different countries, and then it just led to basically. Looking at any, at any sport in the world that we'd never heard of, and so looking at see what ones were the best and what ones were just absolute nonsense. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, and having been given my briefing, I, I went away and found found a few uh, that did seem quite ridiculous. So, um, have you got some that you want to? You want to mention first, or? Uh, yeah, well, the the one initially that we'd found, um, they had like, there's a proper tournament and there's like proper YouTube uh, channels with like over a million views and stuff on these on these videos, and it's um, a contact sport from the Indian subcontinent called kabaddi. Yep. Okay. Did you have you seen this one? I've heard of Kabaddi, yeah. You've heard of it? Right, I've never heard of this. <laughs> I mean, having watched some of the videos for it, I still don't really understand what's going on. Um, even reading about it, it's difficult to, to sort of understand. But I think the premise is that you need to... There's like a team of seven, and they're in one half, and one person from the other team has to go into that half to take as many players as they can. Okay, I'm going to confess I've actually watched this on Sky. Oh, you have you? I was getting confused, yeah, I've watched this. They showed (laughs) a bit of this uh, in Sky, yeah. Basically, all the players in one team have to stay connected to each other whilst the Tigger, I guess you could call him, comes in from the other team uh, and tries to get one of them, but then they can... They can get him when he's in their zone and stuff. Quite popular, but yeah, very strange. 
yeah, it is like extremely popular. Couldn't believe how popular it was actually. Um, just in terms of like the the sort of YouTube videos and stuff that I'd seen, and just kind of cuts to the crowd and people are just celebrating and stuff. And I'm like, what even happened there? Yeah. But like, it's difficult to it's difficult to say what's happened. I still don't really understand it. If it's what's, nah, what's the kind of point system as well that they've got. I think it, it runs raid, until raid points. Is yeah, that until one team's. Uh, so a raid is, I think, the guy running into the other side and getting a touch on somebody else, but then successfully getting back to his own side. If you know what I mean. Right. Okay. But then they try and stop him doing that by knocking him out of the zone. I think uh-huh. they sort of capture him almost. Right. Uh, and then it finishes maybe when when one team's been completely like it's down so if it comes down to the last guy he tries to do a raid himself and get back but obviously that's that's more difficult when he's playing against a full team on the other side aye uh, I think but if it's on Sky again then you'll, you'll definitely see it <laughs> aye well if, if it is on Sky then I'll definitely be tuning in but so if the player just if the player manages to hit one guy does that mean that team can break you're asking too much of me now but right okay because I didn't I didn't fully get it but I was relatively entertained when I did watch it yeah Uh, I I mean it's it's fairly entertaining I just wasn't sure what was happening yeah and then I'm sure it goes to like slow motion replays where the referees have to determine if they think the guy was touched or not and stuff like that right okay yeah but yeah, I think it's basically a sort of glorified TIG, but with a support that's about 10 million times more than you'd ever see watching a game of TIG. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. I had uh, one, I guess it's kind of on the, the physical side, then you've mentioned that it's called uh, Bo Tao Shi. <laughs> and this, I'd definitely not heard of and definitely wasn't in Sky. I believe it's Japanese, and the way it works is that there's teams of must be sort of twenty or more guys, and each each side's got a pole. It's almost like a like a sort of caber toss size pole. Right. And what happens is, <laughs> when one team's defending, they've got to keep that pole upright, whilst the other team runs at them. And tries to get this pole tipped over. Right. So you end up with guys like f- properly fighting and crawling over each other whilst the raiding team tries to get this pole toppled and the defending team <laughs> <laughs> tries to keep it standing. And it's like, it gets very serious and very physical by the looks of it. Um, <laughs> The clips that I saw it was quite funny, quite entertaining. Uh, but the guys must get broken bones every single match because it's just a riot. Yeah, it definitely sounds a riot. I mean, just looking at the so Wikipedia page for it, that kind of picture that's on the Wikipedia page, <laughs> and it just looks absolute mayhem. And I, like, I can't believe this 
so many people are watching it. Yeah, that that is. I don't actually know. I didn't really look at how popular these things were, but two teams of 150 individuals each. There we go. <laughs> You've got an attack and a defence, so kind of like American football, I guess, in a way, but it's it's worth YouTubing. There's a, an angle of victory that you have to get pulled to. Super. Definitely worth a YouTube. Right. Oh, there's a guy. Yeah, that's the other thing I've remembered. There's a guy who has to sort of stand at the top of the pole. Right. Because he, he's crucial in that, I guess, he kind of takes the, like, balances the weight of it. So if it's tipping backwards, he sort of moves forward to try and keep it up. Uh, and judging by Wikipedia, this guy's called the Ninja. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's worth watching. Worth a YouTube. Right. Well, I'll, um, <laughs> I'll definitely try and get on that at some point. Um, I mean, there's there's so many here that it's difficult to sort of pick one out. I'll go with uh, let's go with Kinball. Okay. Not heard of that. <clears throat> Kinball is a, a team sport created in Canada. Um, it involves, I think, three teams. I mean, I'm just... I'm looking this up now as I'm, as I'm saying this. Yeah. Three teams per, per game. There's four players in each team. Uh, each team also has an assigned colour for the game. So, the, actually, the ball, the size of the ball for this thing is absolutely massive. I think it weighs a kilogram. Okay. And I think oh, the, all three, sorry, all four players in the team have to be touching the ball at one point, at, like, at, at the same time kind of thing. <laughs> the picture I found is superb. That's a good description <laughs> that you gave. I mean, yeah, it's difficult to sort of describe, but I mean, Canada won it pretty much every time, apart from uh, one year where Japan won the gold medal. Japan are always kind of in on these things, though. Yeah. They do like a sort of strange sport. It's almost like Takeshi's yeah. Castle. <laughs> yeah, they do, but. See, I've been the runner up the most times as well. Pretty much every sort of every event has been a Canada and Japan final. Mm. The nearly guys, Japan. Yeah, a few, a few sort of appearances from France and Belgium thrown in as well. So definitely a definitely a sport that's that's uh, growing. It seems. I love the size of the ball. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. Makes it look more ridiculous, really, as a sport. Two um two quick ones I had to mention. The first one is uh, just a wee bit weird. It was unicycle hockey. Oh, I saw that one. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. Uh, quite impressive, to be fair. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you would ever think that that's a worthwhile variation, but there <laughs> we go. Seemed to be quite big in Wales. Uh, and then did you see spike ball? Spikeball. Uh-huh. It's, uh huh. It's two teams of two, so four guys, and sort of commonly played on the beach. But there's a 
a mini trampoline in the middle and they have to it's oh, like yeah. it's like volleyball but they have to hit the ball off the trampoline within three shots right that was that was the one I was I was actually looking for I couldn't remember the name of it yeah it's quite funny just to see the the rallies that are produced from that yeah. but um just looks looks a wee bit weird but probably if you played it it'd be some buzz yeah no definitely I mean it looks like a a pretty decent game actually um some of these ones do so maybe give them a go yeah I think we should the interested in a a wee game of uh, Pelota Mixteca never heard of it it's a team sport similar to a netless tennis game. <laughs> Players wear sturdy, elaborate, decorated gloves affixed to a heavy, flat, striking surface, using them to strike a small, solid ball. There you are. You've also really, I guess, you know, Jaya Lai. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is really, that is really weird. Jaya Lai is what actually started. Uh, Did it the conversation? Yes, yeah, after the conversation. Yeah, sort of big claw basket things that they throw <laughs> balls at, balls at a wall. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's five or six there that are just you kind of want to play, but you don't ever really see yourself getting into. Maybe Kabaddi. Yeah. Maybe Kabaddi. Next year season ticket. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a, a Kabaddi arena. In uh, Delhi or something like that. Who knows? Could be, yeah. Might just uh, turn Brayhead and he asks a Kabaddi arena during October as well, so that Bray only played two months on the road. Just uh, yeah, just instead of Disney though, it's just Kabaddi. Uh, I would, I would probably go and watch that. To be fair. Oh, um, definitely. I'd be there. And you, you've obviously got that title of King of Shite Sports, so <laughs> as most people know, you would you would be there. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be there, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, I think, I mean, I kind of want to get a shot of some of them, but if anybody has ever played any of those sports, then please, <laughs> please introduce me, explain, especially that the one with the big ball and even a kabaddi I bet you could find a kabaddi expert in Glasgow for sure <laughs> I would be amazed if, yeah, it, nah, if, it's, it's, if it's, it's on Sky if it's on Sky you've got to think there's people here who are right into it so. probably probably just a, another couple of mentions to some some good some good sport names yep so we've got a uh, ring ball <laughs> Uh, South African sport, it's basically stems from basketball. Slam ball, which is basically basketball, but on a trampoline court. Right. That sounds pretty good. But yeah. yeah. Um, where else have we got? Naughty. Oh no, there was that. Right, there was one of these. Ah oh, shit! I wish I could remember what one it was now. There was one of these games, and I looked at the rules for it, and it was like. If you, if you beat someone, and they don't score any points, it's called a fanny. <laughs> That's what the other guy is. 
In fact, that's what you both are for playing that, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish I could remember what one it was now. Never mind, I'll maybe, I'll maybe bring it up again next week. Yeah, you need to try and find it. Of course, yeah. the, the biggest one is obviously Paperball. Oh, of course. Which is a game that, that we invented, that we've got experience of. Uh, <laughs> and I guess you could say it's Spike Ball, but without a trampoline. Yep. Or uh, to shook ball. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that. You've really researched this. I mean, there's, I'm just looking at Wikipedia pages, but yeah, some of them look pretty good, actually. To shook ball. To shook ball, yeah. Ring ball and slam ball are really <laughs> not not inventive names, but still sound quite appealing. Prison ball is just basically dodgeball, but for people in prison. Be a couple of, couple of good teams here. <laughs> Barrel. Barrel United. World champions. <laughs> Goal ball. Nah, that's shite. Um, it probably is shite, yeah. What a body. What, what a body on him. <laughs> <laughs> Big body. I think it's fair to say, though, like, in summary, that None of them beat the glorious football. No, but maybe whirlyball, maybe. <laughs> what is that? Is that like, what was that game that you had this tennis rackets and the ball swung around a, a washing pole sort of thing? Uh, swing ball. Swingball, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whirlyball's just taking the whirly gig washing pole name. <laughs> <laughs> and putting the ball on the end. There's four tennis balls on the end, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a... Uh, whirly ball is a... <laughs> a sport that combines elements of basketball and jialai. Oh, for God's sake. Or rather, a combination of lacrosse and bumper cars. Oh, the picture is absolutely hilarious. It's basically dodgems. They're using dodgems to <laughs> throw... So I throw a ball about. It looks amazing. I must watch five stars. Five <laughs> stars. Uh, never seen before. Yeah. I mean, if you if you walked <laughs> if you walked into Holyrood Sports Centre and you saw and you saw people <laughs> scooting about in fucking budgeons, throwing a ball, you'd be like, ah, "The fuck's going on?" You would, yeah. PE, we've got a different PE lesson this week, folks. <laughs> uh, get the dodgems out. <laughs> ah, definitely. But it's, it's definitely worth a, it's worth a look. Yeah. If you're interested in a lot of these. No, well, if I'm struggling to sleep tonight, I'll maybe, maybe have a wee scoot about Google and YouTube. Yep. Get Give carried me. away down a wee, a wee rabbit hole of shit yep. sport videos. Give angle ball a wee, <laughs> a wee Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh well then, righty ho. That was that was good. Enjoyed that. That was good. Next week, obviously, well, we don't have the nerves this week of watching England in a a World Cup semi final. Certainly not in football anyway. Maybe at JLI or whatever. <laughs> uh, hopefully this week we'll see a couple of clan signings to talk about. Um, and then I guess properly really the, the build up to the new season starts um, 
yeah. and we can think about putting together how the team's going to shape up and maybe some sort of previews and stuff. Uh, both for obviously the, the the football will be starting as well, so you bring that that element into it. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I think uh, there's that just leaves the your personal sign off. Um, and really, thanks for thanks for listening to episode twenty. I don't feel like it's not really my thing to say. I'm not just kind of it from you. So. Right. Okay. Well, as long as you're happy to to let me take it, I'll. Absolutely. Play is out. Okay, folks. Uh, thanks for turning up, and we'll see you. See you next time. Thanks for turning down.